Yeah, so the Norman Circuit was it was my first proper overnight hike that I did, staying in huts and being out for three days and two nights. So holds a pretty special place in my heart. Just it's a bit of a this is where kind of that hiking passion started, even if it was with my cousin's hat and sleep bag that weighed five kilos. This is Aotearoa Adventures with your host, Abigail Hanna, the podcast for everything you need to know to travel New Zealand. I talk to photographers, van lifers, mums, students, and everyday Kiwis to hear their inspiring stories from past adventures and to share helpful tips and tricks for your travels. Whether you're visiting Aotearoa for the first time and live on the road, or you work a nine to five and have lived in New Zealand your whole life, you're guaranteed to learn something to plan your next getaway and get a new excitement to explore more of this beautiful country I call home. So grab your hiking boots, hop in the car, and turn up the volume. If you've ever cooked a meal from scratch in the bush, you know how challenging it is. Backcountry Cuisine have solved this problem with freeze-dried meals that are lightweight, delicious, nutritious, and so easy to prepare. With breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert options, as well as vegetarian, vegan-friendly, and gluten-free meals, they have something for every adventurer. Backcountry Cuisine are my go-to for yummy meals on the trail, and I also keep a stash in the van, just in case. For quick and easy meals for all your outdoor adventures, use the code ABIGAIL for free shipping off your next order. That's A-B-I-G-A-I-L for free shipping off your next Backcountry Cuisine delivery. Head to the link in the description to find out more. Kia ora Dylan and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on and having a chat. I'm really looking forward to talking about all things outdoors, all things hiking. Um, but why don't you introduce yourself for listeners? Yeah, Thank you for having me. I'm Dylan. I'm an outdoor photographer, yes, hiking guide in the summertime, skier in the winter. Um, like to say, take a few photos here and there. But yeah, just love being outdoors and enjoying pushing my body past its limits sometimes, which is always a bit of fun. Yeah, it's fine. That's awesome. Um, where did your sort of love for the outdoors start? Was it something you always did as a kid or was there a certain like defining moment where you sort of stumbled upon it? Yeah, I didn't really do heaps in the outdoors as a kid. I was I did a few hikes through high school and that sort of thing. Yeah. There with lots of borrowed gear and that sort of thing. So it was you know, particularly fun or enjoyable. It was always really hard and heavy and didn't really know how to read the weather. So it was yeah it was fun but not really but they definitely more on the type two fun side of the spectrum. But yeah, I think through COVID and that sort of thing we really started just appreciating being able to go into the outdoors and I really mm. want to get back into it and go out and get to places that not everyone gets to and that sort of thing. Just see some new stuff. Yeah. It's really yeah. kicked off. I feel like COVID was such a cool opportunity for so many New Zealanders to sort of just get out there and see the country and go to places we hadn't been before and try new things that we hadn't thought about trying before. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many people I've talked to that during COVID. I mean, it is, it is also recent history, so it kind yeah. of makes sense that those are the things we're talking about. But um, there's a lot of people that have sort of done that recently, which is awesome. You mentioned that you guide in summer. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that and how you started doing that um, and what, what your job sort of looks like. So I got that job through COVID. I feel like 
like a lot of people, I was stuck in Auckland, not really doing a whole lot and started looking for ways to escape for lack of a better term, I suppose. Yeah. Started, you know, looking for jobs and stumbled across the one with Walking Legends Guiding Company applied and yeah, it's lucky enough to get an interview and lucky enough to get a job. So it's twenty twenty one. Yeah, so summer of twenty one, twenty two was my first season guiding. Yeah. It was quite disjointed with obviously the lockdown in Auckland continued through to the mid-December or something, I think. Yeah, it was about mid-December. So, obviously, we had a lot of clients who were meant to be from Auckland that couldn't get out for a tour, so the first couple of months of the season were just a bit disjointed. But, yeah, it's a very, very interesting job. So we cover Tongariro, we do both the Great Walk, and then the Lodge-based one. We do a couple of days down there, get out to Lake Waikiri Moana, got one up in Coromandel on Great Barrier Island as well. But, yeah, Tongariro, Coromandel, they could be my main two especially areas to me yeah that's really cool where are you based when you've got sort of i guess work in different parts of the country so i kind of split my time between auckland and rotorua if i've got a few tours yeah. here and there and back to back i'll just stay in rotorua because that's where the company's based out of so pick up all the guests out of rotorua and then drive in the work van from there but yeah if i'm if I have a bit of time off i come up to auckland and see the friends and family that are still up here so it's quite quite a fun way to spend some. Yeah, no, that's nice, and it's it's not far. Is it? It's about no. what three three hours, three and a half hours between here and Rotorua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just under three hours at the moment. It's really nice, easy drive too. That new um, state highway is doing wonders. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Um, tell me a little bit more about, um, I suppose, the, let's talk about the two great walks. So Waikare Moana and then the Tongariro Northern Circuit. Yeah. Um, I've done the Northern Circuit. That was about, well, it must have been like four years ago. It was just, it was the month before we got married. Um, I did it with Isaac's parents, which was really cool. Oh. Um, but I haven't done Waikari Moana. Well, we don't actually do the great walk out at Waikari Moana. We just okay. do day walks and that sort of thing out there. But, yeah, there's yeah. been a, a few things going on out there. There are big plans for the whole area, Te Uruera as a whole. It's going to be really good when these plans come into fruition. No, that sounds really cool. Very, very cool if, if everything does go to plan. Yeah, the Te Uruera is a, a spot I'd love, love, love to go to. Um, yep. I've heard so many yep. good things, but just haven't made it out that way yet. Yeah, um, so... long way to get there for sure. <laughs> yep. Um, and tell me a little bit about the Northern Circuit, Tangariro Northern Circuit, and some of the other walks that you do in in that national park. Yeah, so the Northern Circuit was probably was my first proper overnight hike. I did staying in huts and being out for three days and two nights. So awesome. Holds a pretty special place in my heart, just as it's a bit of a since we're kind of that hiking passion started, even if it was with my cousin's pack and sleep bag, <laughs> weigh five kilos and far too much dehydrated food and no idea how to cook it properly. But yeah, so we do it for work. We skip the first day and we walk in from the start of the um, Tumadero Alpine Crossing and we head over. They normally take between five and six hours to Oteriri Hut. It's mm-hmm. quite nice for the guests because they only have to carry their packs and sleeping bag and clothes, and I've got all the food on my back. So okay. I've got the deal with staircase with 
six people's worth of food can always be yeah it can be interesting but i'm managing to keep up with the guests most of the time so that's always quite nice and then it's always wine and cheese and steaks for dinner while everyone's just having noodles and nothing too good so it's always quite fun to see the looks on people's faces when you start cooking up steak and you know to any art yeah, next two days they're all they're pretty standard. Boats are ready to wipe up nerves, nice and chill. We do that when we leave early in the morning, early at nine o'clock in the morning. We're at the at white hot nerves at lunchtime. Just let them let the guests go off and do their own thing. Some of them want to read, some of them have a nap, some want to go down to the springs and we'll check out the old hut. So we get the whole afternoon to do that, which is always nice and a good way to chill out for the day. Yeah. Walk on back to the village from there the next morning. Do you do a side trip to Tama Lakes as well? Depends on the weather. Yeah. If it's good, I always suggest that people go up. If it's not, and normally take them to the lower lake at least. You'll get lunch there, but if it's if you can't see the mountains, there's not much point going all the way to the upper lake. Yeah, that's fair enough. And the ridge is quite exposed, so it's not the most fun. Yeah. (laughs) The weather's bad. No, that's really cool to hear. Um, do you have any advice or tips for people that want to maybe get into guiding and into that industry? Um, being being able to be calm under pressure is quite beneficial. Mm. You are dealing with people typically who are in the older sort of generation, so they do have the occasional motor control issue. The bones are a little bit more frail, so there is the chance you're going to be dealing with broken bones or bumps and scrapes that bleed mm. quite a lot so it can be yeah, a little bit hairy at times just something to deal with that you probably wouldn't expect to have to deal with when you're just going for a walk and taking people with you that's about it really i mean, just knowing how to interact with lots of different people so you get more different walks of life so being able to yeah have that interaction with all sorts of different people at the same time or being every different person, you're a guide, you're a cook, you're a driver, you're doing yeah. everything. So yeah. it's the, you've got a lot on your plate to deal with. So it's a lot more than I was expecting, I think, when I first took on the job, but it's just, just so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Um, is it sort of like are you the only guide on the tour or are there sort of two of you? What's the sort of ratio between guides and um, guests? So it depends on the tour and on the area. So okay. for the Tongariro, our ratio, I believe, is one between eight for the lodge-based tour. For the Great Walk, it's one between six. Yeah. And for the other areas, we can be doing up to 10 guests with one guide, which is okay. it's quite a lot to deal with when yeah. you've got 10 different people walking at different places and you have to know whereabouts everyone is on the track and make sure no one's going the wrong direction. So it can it can be quite a lot to deal with. Over over ten people start having two guides and that sort of thing, which is always it's always a bit nicer to split up. Have one one guide in the middle, one at the back, so it works out pretty well. But up to ten can be quite interesting, but it's something you learn to deal yeah. with. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really interesting to get a bit of insight into, I guess that that industry. Definitely a bit different. Something probably probably wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic because it does open up that opportunity to so many different people that wouldn't mm. 
typically go hiking, they wouldn't appreciate it in the same sort of way. So it's great that it opens up that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the outdoor should be accessible to everybody. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. was really cool. Um, well, I want to talk about Angela's Hut because you hiked that recently. Um, well, maybe it was almost a year ago now, but um, that's just, how just long over a year ago. we've been trying to have a chat on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did it last summer. Yeah. Well, two summers ago now. Um, and it's one of my favorite hikes that I've done. We did one day up, stayed at the hut, and then one day out. Um, but yeah, I just want to kind of exchange stories, swap notes. Um, I know that it took us a lot longer than it would have taken you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sort of run us through Angela's hut and the hike and what, what your experience was. And then I'll sort of chime in with my bits as well. Well, yeah, I think I was there and back and just under the amount of time that Doc recommends for one day. It's just under or just over. I like to keep my pack nice and light, relatively speaking, as, as light as you can go with a tripod and regear pack. But. Yeah, it was. I had absolutely stunning weather up there. I woke up, I stayed the night in the dock campsite at Rotuisi there. Woke up, not a breath of wind, not a cloud in the sky. So I was look, had been looking at the weather and I looked like it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And this was kind of on my way while I was driving south for the winter last year. So it was a nice stop on the way. I'd never been up to Nelson Lakes or anything up that, up that way in the south. So it was yeah, really, really cool to get in there have some good weather to go up to Angeles. Yeah, it was a bit of a solo mission just for a bit of fun. A few other people in the hut. But yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. That first 45 minutes to an hour up the pinch cut track, that's pretty rough going. Yeah, that's quite steep with just switchbacks, isn't it? Yeah, lots of switchbacks. Once you get out of the bush, it's so hot when you're in the sunshine. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that because it was sort of midsummer when we did it and it was yeah. so, so hot. Um and not much of a breeze when you're still kind of in the bush or you've got some sort of protection from the wind. So, yeah, I do remember that being quite grueling. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't even have a breath of wind when I got out of the bush. It was so, so still. Then, yeah, I, it's the start of May, so it wasn't too hot, but I definitely remember being rather sweaty at the top of that section. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, after that, once you're on the ridge line, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, travel for next for me it was next hour or two I guess until you get quite close to the Angeles Basin and it's a bit more on the steep and rugged side but yeah just absolutely gorgeous views looking over the old Robert Basin ski field and so I was heading obviously getting down south for ski season so I was looking and seeing the little different areas that now in my mind look absolutely fantastic like they should they need to be skied at some point so that's that's for so was there snow on the hills while you were there? No, there was no, no snow okay. and hadn't had anything yet. It was when I just got um, down to Monk that we started getting snow, so I missed it yeah. by about a week. Yeah. Definitely to get up there for at some point. Yeah, so how how many hours did you say it was from, I suppose, the bottom lake Rotuiti to Angeles? So it took me just under four hours, I think it was. Okay, yeah. I looked back at my Instagram stories because I can't remember how long it took, but 
as I found out, it was seven and a half hours fast, and I think Doc says six. That's still under Doc time, isn't it? Oh, no, Doc said six hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. I thought, I don't know, maybe six to eight. Well, then that makes me feel better. We were under. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely struggled on Robert Ridge when... Like, there's no track, it's just rocks. And I just found that I was just watching every single foot and just going so carefully and slowly because um, yeah. it's just so steep. <laughs> yeah. um, you've just got sort of mountain, you're right on the top of the ridge and it's just rocks. So yeah. that's the part that I think slowed me down the most um, with a pack, of course. And, yeah, I don't think anything really prepares you for when you get to the end of Robert Ridge and you look into the basin where the hut sits with the two lakes. And... Oh, it's just absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is magical. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. You know, I think I was planning on heading up to the summit of Mount Angeles the next morning. Mm-hmm. But I woke up and it was just way too windy to mm-hmm. go up there. I planned to get up there for sunrise, but yeah, too, too windy to go up by myself. I just wasn't feeling that confident, which yeah, sometimes happens. I got all the way to the hut. I've hiked by myself solo a couple of few times. I've been to the summit of Ropehu solo. It's not something that's normally out of the comfort zone. So when it, was, yeah. when it wasn't feeling right, you kind of know that something's not quite right. Yeah, absolutely. Trust that gut instinct a little bit. Yeah, always got to trust the gut, don't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what was one of your sort of pinchy moments that was just like, oh, this is stunning? I think the sun was setting quite early, so we went out, did some photos of the night sky just after sunset. So it might have been probably about seven thirty, eight o'clock. I went out, being able to get out. We had not a breath of wind, so I was getting reflections and the small lake. So mm. the Milky Way, Angelus Hut was lit up and it was still in the common room with the candles going. So I was just yeah, out there taking photos and it was just absolutely unreal, stunningly beautiful. And then the next morning we had an absolute river of a sunrise as well. So super, super cool to get both Astro and an awesome sunrise in the same, in the same shoot. Same, yeah. same shoot. Oh, that's so epic. I... Don't remember the sunset at all when we went up. I have a feeling that I was probably in bed by eight thirty or nine when the sun would have been setting. Um, but we did wake up early for sunrise the next morning, and it was dead still, not a ripple on the lake. Um, and yeah, that was definitely like the moment that sticks for me the most. It's just. You know when there's that glow before the sun actually rises and it was just hitting the mountains with this like orange pink sort of oh it was just stunning. Yeah. Um got some epic like reflection photos and yeah, I think that's one of the moments that just sticks. Um another moment was on the way this is sort of back along Robert Ridge, but when you're walking towards Angeles Hut there's these gorgeous like alpine lakes that you yeah. can see sort of all around you on the way in um yeah, and those are just stunning sort of blues and greens just epic yeah it, it marked a few to go and explore at some stage when you have a bit of time to end yeah. up around there it's, yeah, 
take me some. Super, super cool. I think I saw from a distance someone with a, with a tent set up on on the shore of one of those lakes. So that's definitely oh. a bit of inspiration for me to get back up there and get off that, get off the track into, into that zone. There's definitely some amazing basins in there. Yeah, that would be stunning. Um, what was what was sort of one of the biggest challenges for you on on that hike? Honestly, for me, I didn't really find it all that challenging as far as it goes. I I just enjoyed the whole time. It was nice to be out there in the sunshine, just enjoying a walk along this ridge. I love the the rocky nature of it. Oh, no, the top of that ridge, nothing's quite stable. And it's quite yeah. place to go down and get you just on these big rocks and hop across for quite a while. I really, really love it. I wouldn't, yeah, I didn't think anything was on the challenging side of things. But I think you know, the ridge does go on for a little bit longer than you expect it to. There's a couple of like false peaks, and you think that, oh, it's just them, it's not. <laughs> yeah, you need a couple of those, and you're like, oh, the hut must be over the over this ridge and then it's not it's a couple more ridges over and you're getting closer and closer but it, it, it always seems like it's the next ridge along but it never is yeah down into that basin. it's just gorgeous but yeah it's, it's, it is an awesome hike um as someone that's got that sort of experience guiding and stuff do you have any advice for maybe beginners or what sort of um i suppose experience level do you think angelus would be best suited so i think Angelus is probably something that's good for people that are more than comfortable doing great walks and have done some some other overnight hikes that are kind of off that great walk space. Yeah. It's kind of that next step up where you're looking for a challenging overnight hike, but you're, you've still got a fairly well-formed, or at least a well-marked track. There's nothing. And I think it does fall into the root category where you're following the pole, so as long as you have good root skills and that sort of thing, you know how to read a map, use a compass. Those are definitely essential skills for getting up there. When, yeah, there is a fair few disaster stories from up there. Where the mm. does get pretty bad pretty quickly, so you need to make sure you've got a good weather window for it. Be prepared for a couple of long days on that ridge. Yeah, I think weather is a really key safety thing as well for, for Angela's Hut. Um, like you said, it does just change so quickly and it's an alpine environment, so yeah, it, is. it can get a bit sketchy when you're up on the ridge if, I don't know, big winds come in or wet or snow or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it can change very, very quickly up there, so knowing your weather window is a big, big factor. Um, what route did you take back down from Angelus Hut? Because there's a couple that you can do. I just went straight back along Robert Ridge. Okay. We um we went down Speargrass Track, um, nice. which sort of is northeast south west <laughs> to the west of Robert Ridge down that yep. valley. Um, yeah. So you sort of climb up to the top of where you can see Angelus Hut, and then it goes down side there um that was almost just as challenging for me as the first day on robert ridge if not more challenging because you're always more sore on day two um and there are a couple of scree slopes there are a lot of stream crossings um just small streams but um 
still getting boots wet. Yeah. Um, and then there were bits of mud, and it was still summer, so it must be it must be pretty muddy um, winter or sort of late summer, um, and just really long. <laughs> like it just felt really really long. Yeah, it's flat, so it's it's all right, but it's just like you're like, where's the car? Where's the car? Where's the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking into either one of those routes back, but just decided Rock Ridge for me it would be the fastest way to get there. Mm-hmm. Me, the most interesting. So like. I like having lots of ups and downs and uh, not a particularly don't enjoy the flat stuff that Yeah, much. Well, that's fair enough. Um, there is another route you can take out. I think it's called the Cascade Track, which sort of goes down the eastern valley. Yeah. Um, and there were these two lovely ladies that were staying at Angela's Hut the same time that we were there. And they'd actually stayed for two nights in the hut. And no. then water taxied in and water taxied out so you go like i don't know it's an hour and a half or something to like down the cascade track and then there's a water taxi that picks you up from the end of the lake i was like they're winning they've got this sort of (laughs) they know what they're about they know what they're doing um well the missing out on robert ridge wouldn't wouldn't be ideal i think that's definitely worth the hike if you've got the, the energy and the fitness to do it um you could hike in water taxi out. Yeah, ideal, ideal. Um, do you do you envision yourself doing Angela's Hut in winter? Because I know you've you've done a couple of um, sort of winter summits and winter adventures. Um, how do you think Angela's would stack up? Yeah, it's definitely definitely going to be up there for a winter mission at some stage. I think. A few friends that want to get up there and ski tour, and this, when the snow levels are high enough and the avalanche level is safe enough, because Nelson Lakes is very, very underestimated for avalanche mm. danger. So, definitely something we'll be keeping our eye on and probably have to fly up from Queenstown, but it would be absolutely worthwhile for a mission for a few days in there. And I think those basins would make some absolutely fantastic skiing. Yeah. No, that's really cool to hear. Um, and I guess what what else in New Zealand or do you have another bucket list location or destination in New Zealand that's sort of top of your list that you wanna get out and do? My bucket list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mine just, does too. <laughs> far too much time just scouring topo maps and finding peaks in the most random locations and that sort of thing to try and try and get to at some stage but it's about you know, just consolidating the experience and getting up to the, the point where I'm confident and have the abilities to actually get to a lot of these places because there's quite a lot that quite a lot of training that needs to go into it. A lot of a lot of hours on the snow and on the mountains to get ourselves to that point where a lot of them are achievable mm. yeah everyone we're looking at potentially the next year or so would be climbing up aspiring yeah that's pretty high up there so hopefully over winter getting out on lots of good nice grade one climbs consolidating that into aspiring yeah that sounds really cool it's awesome to have something to sort of i suppose look forward to and train towards and have like a big goal like that that you can yeah. sort of yeah just work towards and 
feel accomplished when you do take it off. Yeah. Um, you talked about um, getting outdoors and pushing your limits. What What's an experience you've had in the past which really sort of pushed you to your limits? So I think one of my first hikes when I left Auckland, I guess you can't really call it a hike, but one of the first things I did when I left Auckland was go straight to Tongarido National Park. And I mm-hmm. climbed to the summit of Mount Rapehu solo. It's, yeah, being obviously stuck in lockdown, not really doing a whole lot, and getting into alpine boots and crampons and climbing up Mount Rapehu gave me some of the worst blisters of my life. I think they, they'd already you know, warmed to the point where they had those blisters had popped before I got to the summer. Got to the top, so it was at the top of Rapehu in absolute agony with my feet, still having to come down at that point. Yeah. It was definitely pushing those limits a little bit. Did you say they were brand new boots? No, they weren't new, but yeah, Alpine boots can take a little bit of mm. getting used to how to walk in them. Be quite different once you get back into them after not doing a whole lot for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a few things that particularly Caleb and I have done that tend to sit outside of it's always either one of our comfort zones. It's normally outside of my comfort zone when we're going uphill and outside of Caleb's when we're coming downhill. So <laughs> we work quite well together in that regard. So there's been, there's been a few adventures that I've got a bit on the spicier side of things and we've been able to help each other through parts where either of us aren't too sure about what's going on what's the right way to go it's a good partnership to have with a man like Caleb yeah that sounds like a perfect partnership <laughs> when you you build on each other's or you what's the word you complement each other's weaknesses yeah. strengths <laughs> oh no that's really cool um, well, we're sort of coming to the end of our time. Do you have any sort of, I guess, parting advice for people, um, people that want to get into hiking more or want to see more of the country? Um, yeah, just just any words of wisdom? Yeah, just, just just get out there and do it. Look at, look at what the weather's looking like. If, if you've got days off and it doesn't look too great, go and find some waterfalls. If it's looking fantastic, go on a hike for a few hours. Just, you don't need to, if you've got a big goal you want to work towards, you don't need to go out and hike the equivalent of the top area crossing every weekend. You can work up to it. There's lots and lots of small hikes that are, let's say, maybe not equally as amazing, but will absolutely surprise you at how fantastic they can be. Even just these small regional parks or forest parks and that sort of thing but they're absolutely gorgeous so so underrated and people don't realize how beautiful they be you go out there and you'll probably see nothing out there throughout the whole day there's little hidden gems all over the place that aren't on the map for 99% of people want to get out there and enjoy on your way up to your big jobs that you have yeah I love that so much. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm a bit curious to know what some of those hidden gems are near Auckland because I'm I'm needing some quick escapes um, <laughs> on my weekends. Got to get out to the who knows. Some special spots down there. All right. I'll do that. I will do that very soon. <laughs> 
Well, thanks so much, Dylan. Um, where can people find you on socials? Where can they connect with you or follow along with the adventures if they want to see more? Um, so the main one's probably just through Instagram, which is just Dylan Arthur NZ. Or, yeah, I've got my website, it's www.dylanarthur.com. It's, those are probably two easiest ways to get hold of me if you want to. Amazing. Well, those will all be linked in the description. Thank you so much, Dylan. Was awesome to chat to you. Yeah, thank you, Debbie. Appreciate it. It's always fun swapping stories when I've done the same hike as someone else. Angela's Heart is definitely one to add to your bucket list. The Nelson Lakes Mountains are absolutely epic. But remember, safety first and check the weather before your trip. If you want ideas for other hikes in the region, check out episode 16 with Mel White, packed with recommendations. And if you want to know more about the Durapehu region, check out episode 32 with Hazel Phillips. Thank you so much for tuning in and coming along for the ride. If you love the show and enjoyed listening, please take the time to leave a review on Apple or Spotify. I would also love to connect with you, so send me a DM on Instagram or leave me a voice message, and I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, keep adventuring.